to your favorite part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Under the Radar Wednesday, or whatever day you're listening to it. Joined, as always, by the great Ian Kahn. Hello, my friends. The greater Derek Van Riper. Now known as Brioche. That is correct. Was oh, that really? That, did that happen? You know, Sarah, so we were, I, we got to hang out with, I got to finally meet Eno Saris after all these years, and I told him about ciabatta bread and white bread, and he goes, you know, it's really, he's like brioche. And I was like, yeah. So you guys did that without me? You. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the second worst thing you've done to me uh, in the last couple of months. Here we go. Let me start the show. So a lot of you may be listening for the first time because we're on iTunes and Spotify now. Um, uh, you, but back in the day when we were behind the paywall, which, by the way, uh, if you're listening to this show, we got a special code for you to use. It's uh, Derek Van Riper. Want to fill everybody in on that? <laughs> on that? Theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast to get 40% off a subscription to The Athletic. And here, if people complain about it auto-renewing, just set it in your calendar. This is what I do with my SiriusXM. I set up my calendar when I do it for a year from now, and I'm like, hey, make sure I decide to renew or not. So, pro tip from the guys. But that first year is only 36 bucks. Anyway, uh, DVR, you got the beep ready? Yeah, I got the beep ready. <laughs> These two <laughs> I was so excited. I got an offer for Chris Sale in my Dynasty League. 24-team Dynasty League score sheet. Uh, Brady Gardner offered me Zach Gallon plus a prospect plus a high pick for Chris Sale. And go back, I mean, this is like in January, maybe, end of January, possibly. Uh, these two guys both were like, no, man, why would Zach Gallon sucks? Keep Chris Sale and trade him two weeks into the season. <laughs> Whatever that was sounded mocking, so screw you guys even more. <laughs> there was a, a, a phone call in my, in my <laughs> rush to get here. I did not shut off my phone, and I've got a spam risk call. So that was what that was. It was saying, it was saying, you know what, Nando may have Nando. It looks like Nando was right because Chris Sale is uh, is uh, at the time uh, we were thinking of him. I think I'll speak for myself as you know a top five to ten pitcher in baseball, a winner of leagues, uh, you know, a dominant player. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember this very clearly. And Nando was like. Come on, man! I, I really want. I really want Zach Gallon. I was like, I just can't. I don't remember who the prospect was, um, but it just didn't seem like a good enough deal. And then sale goes down, and the beeps just kept coming over the text messages to us, <laughs> saying, "You guys." Uh, there was a funny word that he used. I forget what it was. It was. Uh, I, I don't really. It I believe a, it was. I don't think it was. It was more interesting than was. Let me let me let me find it because could have been that. It was. Hold on, I'll find it because it was. Uh, oh wow, it's a lot. <laughs> DVR, this is going to be one long beep while we try and figure out what I called you guys. It was, and I'd oh, never heard <laughs> before. It's like a wad, but it's a weed. It was. That was in an '80s. I don't know how I learned it, but I learned it from some '80s movie, like a you know, like it's not what the bad guys are calling Ralph Macchio in Karate Kid, but it was one of those things. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those. I think situations. we got to. I think uh, Derek on this one. I think we got to take the bullet that Nanda was right and we were wrong, huh? It was not a right or wrong thing, and actually, it's it's born out of respect because I love you two so much. So I considered myself downvoted two to one, so I didn't do it. Um, yeah, yeah so I wouldn't have done you know, that deal. It's a, this is a, this is a, a moment of kindness in a, an ironic way. Well, yeah, it, I think there were, there was probably a, a structural problem with the trade that stood out to me as well. I think if you. 
if you're in that position, and again, it's it's harder to hear this now and go, oh yeah, that makes sense, but I'll try. Chris Sale was at what looked like his lowest point in offseason value, right? Like there was only there were basically a few paths that could happen. The more likely outcome that he just was going to be fine and healthy and go through a normal spring training, and then the less likely outcome that he actually had an elbow tear or a shoulder problem or something crazy like he might have right now, right? It seemed like the possible return you were going to get was going to be a lot better if you waited until some good news came out. Yeah, um, and yeah. I think the other part of it too that I think I'm I'm just a little bit hesitant to to do is like if I'm if I'm trading a great pitcher, I, Scherzer in the RDI league last year, you know, sale this off season in Nando's situation. I'm really trying to get a bat back as the main piece and make pitching more of a throw-in sort of thing. I know if you're only you know a year away or if you're trying to contend in the same year, you have to take some pitching back to make it work. But I think that's where my mind goes too when I see trades like that is I want the I want the safer long-term asset coming back. Like I looked at Gallon and said, yeah, he's a great pitcher, and you know he's got a lot of things that we can like about him. But I'm not sure that he's a future ace. I think he might be the kind of guy that, you know, we're drafting as a top 100 player for a few years, and that doesn't necessarily change your fortune in a in a big way for the long haul. And I feel like you can get an impact player like that when you give up a player of Chris Sale's caliber. That was an Ian special. Sorry, Ian, I was just going to give you some prop. That was an Ian special like last May. Yeah, but that was like. That it was, yeah, it, it was that you know he gave that uh, he had that complete game in like late March that kind of blew me away that he would you know he would come through in such a way. So yeah, I was on him, but to me, like if it was Gavin Lux for Chris Sale, along the same lines of what Derek's saying, I would have said, yeah, all right, you know, you want to get out from under Sale, I, I can I can see that, but I just think there's some regression coming for Gallon. I could be dead wrong. I mean, James Anderson Ding is a huge fan of Zach Gallon. Uh, he just thinks he's the he's he's the sliced brioche. But for me, <laughs> I, I just look at him and I'm like, you know, I I I think he's going to be good, um, but not he'll. I, I never see an ace quality player. I could be dead wrong. I could be dead wrong on this deal. And in fact, I am dead wrong because of how it turned out. But you know, I, I I the die is not fully cast yet. Let's see James Andrews come through and say it is indeed Tommy John, and then I'll be like, oh man. Because I own him in three in my three dynasty leagues, Chris Sale has been leading me to to great success through the years. So I'm going to feel the pinch on this one for sure. You know who called it? Inside Injuries called it too. And actually, that day the inside yeah, Inside Injuries called it. They said if he doesn't if he doesn't change his mechanics, it's going to be a problem. In not so many words, I'm paraphrasing, but anyway, yeah. you know we should move past this. We're friends, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not of gonna, course it doesn't change the way I think about Ian. So, <laughs> uh, so here's here's how we built the show today. Um, Levi Weaver, our uh, Texas Rangers beat writer, is like I, I sent him a note after I saw his column. Like I'm actually angry and jealous that he came up with this idea, and I didn't because it's so brilliant. I just want to claim it. So uh, anyway, out of respect to what he did, he did this thing where he had he just. He goes to Wikipedia. Here's the short version of it. You can read the story online. But I think it's amazing. Uh, he goes to Wikipedia, and he hits, uh, give me a random article five times. And then he takes those five things, and he goes to players in the Rangers locker room and asks them to rank them. So, like, one guy's ranking, like, uh, army tanks, bubblicious gum, you know, like, um, <laughs> pop rocks, uh, Jimmy have- Sigler. Do they even have bubblicious gum anymore? When I was a kid, bubblicious gum was, like, my dream. 
I the orange bubblicious and the watermelon bubblicious. Like that, I mean, my mouth is just getting all ready just now thinking about it. Do they even have bubblicious anymore? I bet you DVR is looking it up. I'll have an answer for you very soon. It's the ultimate oh, bubble with brand gum. new flavors. Bubblicious. Come on. Yeah, it's on Amazon. You get it on Amazon. Dang, gone. I'm buying it. I want some because when I was a kid, my mom would be like, no, you can't have that. That's just pure sugar. Have some Wrigley Spearmint. $50.84 for 18 packs. You know, Wrigley yeah. Spearmint wasn't the most sugar-free option either, by the way. Well, no, it was better than Juicy Fruit. Because Juicy Fruit, I, I like Juicy Fruit and Bubblicious. Anyway, sorry to, sorry, uh, di- sorry to digress. Well, anyway, it's, a, it's an amazing column. And like it's just these random answers from the doldrums of spring training kind of thing. Uh, so I'm like, all right, let's do some mini rankings on the show. Um, they're not random, obviously. They have to do with players that we'd like to draft and stuff like that. Some strategy questions. So uh, I thought it'd be fun. It just got rankings in my head. So we got groups of three things that I'm going to ask you guys to rank. And uh, it will help people become better fantasy players, I think. Okay. All right, let's do it. Uh, number one, rank these three Marlins in terms of you wanting them on your team. And the three are Brian Anderson, Lewis Brinson, and Alicia Hernandez. Uh, DVR, I'll go to you first. Rank Brian Anderson, Lewis Brinson, and Alicia Hernandez. Three guys who some people have touted this preseason as having sleeper value. Uh, but rank them in, in terms of how you'd like them on your team, regardless of your roster construction right now. I'll go Brian Anderson first. Hernandez is second for me over Brinson, mostly because I like streaming Marlins pitchers at home. I think they both have questions about role and playing time, at least from the jump. And I think where I'm more concerned about Brinson just comes from the fact that the Marlins have a lot of young outfielders vying for playing time. He's got Monty Harrison there. He's got Jesus Sanchez. They've got a couple of veterans on the depth chart right now. So I feel a little better about getting some short-term value out of Hernandez, even though Brinson has probably... Uh, the better long-term ceiling if everything were to go right. Are you, you're not in the Alicia Hernandez's awesome camp. I know we got a, you know, MLB moving averages. That guy, John, who writes for our site, loves him. And I've come to love him. Uh, are you just kind of like streaming? Mostly a streamer. Um, maybe in like an NL-only league, he's a guy you could lock in and, and be okay with. But um, I'm, I, I'm looking at him as more of like a fringy sort of pitcher, a guy that kind of has this year to prove that he can be a starter, and if it doesn't happen, he's probably going to go to the bullpen, and he might be great as a reliever. Ian, how about you? I'm going to go Anderson 1, and then I'm going to go Brinson 2. Just, just on the off chance that he turns into what I think, Nando, you've always believed and what I've always kind of really hoped he would turn into – um, and then Elysia Hernandez, he's been looking good in the spring, but I'm going to go Brinson too. And there's this Razball draft. Are you guys both doing the Razball, like best ball thing? The Razball, yeah. The, yeah, I'm doing it too. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. First of all, the, I'm dra- you know, the, the, the pick comes back around so fast, 12 team. Um, and this, this draft I'm in is just filled with people who are keeping it moving. And so I'm thinking like, who am I going to take in the 33rd round? or 35th round, I think I'm going to go Brinson because the upside on Brinson, if he did put it together, would be pretty spectacular. Are you guys, I mean, is Brian Anderson to you? To, to me, Brian Anderson is, there's not a lot of uh, breakthrough potential. Like, yeah, he'll be good. Uh, he'll be like maybe 10% better than last year. But I, I haven't really heard people touting him and I don't really feel like, oh, Brian Anderson, you know, this is his 35 home run year, right? Is just Brian Anderson's just like the 
almost like the safe choice here, the Chibata choice. He's like a poor man's Nick Castellanos who could turn into like a level of Nick Castellanos with dual eligibility, both the third base and the outfield. So, you know, you can play him. I mean, you can play him in a 15 team league. You could, he could be your corner infielder and you're fine. You know, there's a certain point where just fine works just to get you. He's going to play every day, just get you your 25 home runs with a 270 average. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, see, to me, those other two are exciting. And Brian Anderson is good. And this is, Ian, yeah. this is the problem that you've, you've helped me get over, is that I got to get that base before I can yeah. hit the treble. It's about getting, you know, because there was a, you know, the, they just came out with the fantasy pros where they were talking about, like, who has the best under-the-radar players. And, Nando, you have the best. You're the guy for this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you, I finished dead last. Yes, but, but you also had four of the, like, eight best under the radar guys, yeah, which is flawed, why flawed. we have the under the radar show. That's right. But if you, if you wait and if you're patient to get to those guys and you fill up with some Brian Anderson's in the 15th round, then you go get your Lewis Brinson's in the 32nd round. And then those guys, you know, shoot up. So, and I, I think you've been doing that. I mean, I think in TGFBI, you've been, uh, you've been more, more disciplined about it. And you combine, yeah. if you can add discipline to what is kind of genius on your part, then you have the, a perfect match. Look at you guys kissing some ass because you screwed me over on Chris Sale. That's great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> gee, thanks, Ian. So yeah. heartfelt. Yeah. It's true, though. It's true. I know, man. I know. I'm just I'm messing with you. There are more ways it can go right for Brinson than for Hernandez, though. We're talking about a guy who has a low 90s fastball and, and really has to rely heavily on the breaking stuff. And at least with Brinson, he was 10% better than a league average hitter at AAA last year. There is power. There is speed. So you are talking about probably four category upside. I mean, he, he walks a lot. So the good thing is if he's a drain in your batting average, he's not necessarily buried in their lineup because he's good enough to take a walk and possibly hit higher in the order than you might think. It's been a disaster for him, you know, in parts of three seasons now at the big league level. Uh, the Marlins gave him a lot of opportunities in 2018, especially. I'm really curious to see how patient they are with him. But uh, I would agree with your assessment, Nando, that you know there is there is a lot to like if it starts to click for him because he can do almost everything. Yeah, I'm ex- it's exciting. It's exciting. Anyway, uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, we actually got to get out of the studio so uh, so Prim can record the next chapter which is one of our other podcasts here, much more important podcast than the fantasy one. Uh, so, next one. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. A couple more ranks, and then Ian's got a story about American League-only labor that he wants to share with everyone, um, where I believe he's going to talk crap about Tristan Cockroft. No, definitely so, no, not I know. I'm just crap. kidding, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tipping my hat to Tristan Cockroft. That, that man is the man. But here's, here's an auction question that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, strategically. So you're doing your National League-only non-keeper auction. You have $4 to spend on your last spot. You got $4 left. It's a pitcher spot. Um, how do you approach this? Do you take your pitcher and do you put a $1 bid out there? Do you put a $2 bid out there? Or do you go all four? And I ask this because you do one and then, oh, two, three, four, five, eight, and someone goes nuts. You do two, someone else says three, you can just jam them with a four. Or you go four and you risk someone being like five. You know, someone else who maybe has a lot of money left. So, uh, Ian, let's start with you. End game, last pick, you got $4 left. How do you approach the strategy? I think I think I go... I think I go four in that spot for, for two reasons. One, it might freeze the room and you might get the player. But two, you know, let's say you do do two. I think two ahead of one to give you that little bit of balance. But, you know, you want to spend all your money in an auction. You don't want to be sitting there. So I, I say you go with four and you hope that it, it passes through. That's the way I would go. 
Yeah, if there's a vanity thought to people looking at the results, it looks worse to have $2 left on the table yeah. than to spend $4 on a $2 pitcher. And then That's right. there is also, in some leagues now, they have fab redemption, where if you lose a player for the season, you can turn that player back into fab money later on. So in that case, you, know, you put every last dollar on that last player on the off chance that they get hurt because then you get a bigger rebate later on. So DVR, what's your rank then? Are you, are you also saying four to save face? Yeah, four to save face. I'd go four, two, and one. Um, I, yeah, just, I think four, two, one. You throw them at one. Yeah, there's there's a chance a couple people get in. I also think it's the general auction strategy of mine. You don't start players low. It applies more to higher end players. But if you start players low, what you're doing is you're giving everybody in the room more time to make a decision about what they want to do, and you want to shorten up that time as much as possible. When people have less time to make a decision, they're more likely to make a bad decision. So. Jump them up right to four and, and let it ride. All right. Uh, and just a follow-up to this, the, the pitcher at the end of this draft that you'd prefer, so rank these three for your last pitcher. These three are all on the board here at the end of this hypothetical National League-only draft uh, auction. Uh, Corbin Burns, Nick Pavetta, and Sean Newcomb. Um, Ian, you go ahead. For, you rank these three first for us. Corbin Burns, Nick Pavetta, Sean Newcomb. I'm going to go uh, Nick Pavetta, Corbin Burns, Sean Newcomb. Uh, I feel strongest about Pavetta. He's one of those end of the draft darts throws that I, I've been making in dynasty leagues because you know he really does have good stuff. Came out the other day and I think two innings struck out four guys. Very impressive. So um, you know he would be my number one choice. Burns, look, I like Burns. I liked him a lot more than what we saw from him last year. And Newcomb, I just you know in, in Atlanta, I, I'm just not sure where he's going to pitch. He just strikes me as a long reliever. So I would go Pavetta, Burns, Newcomb. DVR uh, before you rank. Well, I guess as you rank, uh, does Felix Hernandez play any kind of role in your Sean Newcomb ranking? A little bit. I think because they've got the Cole Hamels injury right now, too, that probably opens the door for Newcomb to get a couple of starts to begin the season. I've been down on Newcomb for a little while. I just think the command is not at a place where he's going to be a starter in the long run. I think he could be a really effective reliever, though. So uh, for an NL-only league, he's probably good enough to think about in dollar days. I think as I look at these three guys, I've got Burns just ahead of Pavetta because I think he's got slightly better stuff overall. The problem with Burns is that you may have to wait a while to be able to use him. He may go down to AAA and stay stretched out as a starter. He may end up pitching the seventh inning this season. It's never been a matter of whether or not he has good pitches. It's all about the fastball command. He ends up in the middle part of the zone too often and gets punished. So um, Burns over Pavetta, Pavetta over Newcomb. I think all three of those guys are still interesting, though, for pretty different reasons. You know, I can't remember who said it. It was, I think it was Bryce Harper talking about Joe Girardi. I can't remember if it was Pavetta or Eflin who he said he kind of intimated that it was so much better without Gabe Kapler there, and they got Joe Girardi now, and they're just letting him pitch like his way. And I got to go back and find it because that's a big, <laughs> that's a pretty big quote, uh, and I think it speaks to like either Pavetta or Eflin maybe getting freed up and having a better season. I know we mentioned this a couple times on here anyway. So yeah, I think that might have been Eflin. It was something about the use of his fastball, right? Like they, they he's yeah. able to just let it fly like more up in the zone or something. I can't remember what specifically it was, but I think you're I think you're talking about Eflin. Um okay, so let's take a quick intermission here so Ian can talk about uh, his new friend Tristan Cockroft. Well, I have to say, I was, uh, and I'm excited to get to this next question, by the way, Nando, the 38%. That's fun stuff. Uh, that's um, a good one, right? That's, that's left yeah. over from last week. I like it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was lucky enough to get invited by Steve Gardner to join AL uh, Labor, which was a, a 
huge honor, frankly, and was a tremendous amount of fun. But one kind of interesting auction story. So I get down there and I'd met Tristan um, last year at Tout Wars and I do the dynasty rankings at Rotowire. He does the dynasty rankings at ESPN. So we kind of bonded over our mutual love for Luke Voigt. Well, about two days before I got down there, Tristan's dynasty rankings came out. Now, back in the day when I first started doing dynasty baseball, those were the rankings that I lived and died by, which was Cockroft. Now I kind of live and die by my own. But when Cockroft came out, I was like, oh, I can't wait to look at it. And we had a lot of similarities along the way. The the and the one big one was Byron Buxton, who we both had in the eighty nine to ninety two area, which I think is unique because I think people are more down on Buxton than that. So when I saw that, I was like, "Cool, I'm in the same place." And then I'm thinking to myself, "I'm an AL only where speed is very much at a premium. You've lost VR to the National League. Most of the speed guys are there." And I had gotten Trout with the first throw because Colton and the Wolfman, uh, very graciously with respect to Laura Michaels, uh, handed over their pick because they're two-time champions. That So I was the first throw of, of the auction. I ended up getting Trout at $43, which was a surprise to me. And fine, great. So then I knew I wanted to do Buxton. <coughs> Excuse me. And... I, I was right before my throw was my buddy Clay Link. I was sitting next to him. He threw and uh, Austin Meadows. He and Cockroft get into this huge, and I'm planning to do Buxton with my next throw. So Cockroft and Clay are fighting it out over, over Meadows. And I'm like, please, Cockroft, get Meadows. Please get Meadows. Please get Meadows. Because if we believe that he should be in the 89 to 92 area, that that means that we believe he's going to come through this year. Because otherwise, if it's not now, it's never. And then all of a sudden, he's back at the bottom of everybody's list, as well he should be. Well, Clay gets him for $30. And I make a quick change in my head. I'm going, if I do Buxton now, because once you lose a player that you really want, you go get that next player. Just emotionally, psychologically, it's something that happens. So I look at Tristan. I'm like, yeah, I'm not throwing Buxton. So I go, Taylor Rogers, $2. And then goes around. There's 12 more throws before I come up again. In that time, Tristan got Elvis Andrews who covered a lot of speed for him at the shortstop position. And I saw that he was a little low on money. So I said, all right, now's the time. So I went Byron Buxton and I saw Tristan just look at me. And I'm like, because we had you know, talked about how we both believe this is the year for Buxton. Unless this is all a big con by Tristan just on you. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I look at- Plan this I, out for several months. I, you know, it gets up to like 11, Tristan's not bidding. And then it comes down to me and Steve Gardner and we're sitting next to each other. He had just beaten me out for Aaron Judge like three earlier at 25. I had Judge at 25. He says, going once, going to Howie Bender, who's a very good auctioneer, going once, going twice. And then Steve goes 26 and oh. the whole table goes, ooh. And I was like, no, it's fine. And then he got, he got Judge at 26. So Ian, what do you hate more? And- when someone jumps in on right at the, the salt part or when someone takes a full four hours on a four-hour slow draft clock? Uh, four hours, no question. So oh, come on. I, no, I respect the going once, going twice, get it in there at the end. I like that move, actually. So Buxton, we're going back and forth. And while I'm doing it, I'm like keeping one eye on Tristan across the table. Like, are you going to get in? Don't get in. Because if Tristan got in, Buxton was going to go up to $25. I, I, I really believe that. So Steve and I are going back and forth. And I, I go Buxton 20. Steve quiets. Boom. I get Buxton and Tristan just gives me a look and I give a big smile. So that was one of the most enjoyable moments. Also, when AJ Puck, when I got him for seven, also another enjoyable. I, I, in fact, I think I have to write an article about the whole experience in the draft because it, it was a full and fun experience to have. It was fantastic. Did you go out drinking? 
Yes, I did actually. That oh, I went nice. out with, which, which is not my way, but we're in the hotel. We finished up at eleven o'clock. We had to get up for an eight a.m. Uh, like recap, but but I went out with Derek and Eno and uh, who else was there? Uh, Steve Lyman, one of our, our listeners and readers, was there. He was hanging out with us. He brought some liquor from Japan. Oh yeah, nice oh. guy. What a what a really nice, nice guy. He, uh, yeah, DVR. he wrote a book about liquor in Japan and, and brought some some stuff that he had at his wedding actually. DVR rank uh, Steve G, Steve Lyman, and Steve Jasul really quickly for us. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, wow. I don't no, know. No, because no, that no, that's I'm not good at ranking stuff, but I can't rank those three things. <laughs> it's a lot of Steve. Uh, of so Steve. it was. It was just. It was super fun, and uh, I got to know Eno for the first time. I never met him after all these years. We had a. We had a really good time. Eno lives up to the hype. Yeah, man. Good. Good. Yeah. Smart. Good dude. Great player. Got to meet Brett Sayer, who I'd been sort of known forever, and we finally met for the first time. I mean, just it was. It was just a fun. It's a you know the fantasy baseball community is a, a great place, and I was just it was just awesome, just yeah. awesome. That's all. Definitely uh, worth a shout out to Brent Hershey and Ray Murphy from Baseball yes, HQ absolutely. for putting that together. Steve Gardner runs the labor auctions, like putting those events together and having one big conference around those auctions was a lot of fun this year. It was a great idea. We got to see a couple spring training games uh, as a group down there as well. So. Just a, a nice break from upper Midwest winter. And if you're hearing this, you're like, oh, I missed out. First pitch yeah, Arizona sure. in the fall or, yeah, first pitch Florida next spring. If it's back in 2021, I mean, there's, it's a blast. Yeah, and Brent, if I may, Brent was so kind and he let me do a, a breakout session on Dynasty Leagues. And I had Jesse Roach from BP up there with me. And I show up to it. And I'm like, oh, there'll be like five or ten people. There were 50 people in that room, including on the other side of the table, Steve Gardner, Tristan Cockroft, Eddie Almonger and Eric Cross. Eric Cross does the dynasty rankings of Fantrack. I was like, look, let's just make it a circle because you have some of the best dynasty minds on the wrong side of this table. They should be up here with us. So it was, uh, it was really, it was really special. It was really spectacular and uh, it was fun. It's good to see that Ian humility travels well. <laughs> it's true, man. Though, so, yeah. hey, look, these guys wasn't look, lost at the Cockroft, game. <laughs> Eddie Amonger is beyond is is that dude is good and Eric Cross I mean that guy knows as much about Dynasty baseball as most people will you know I forget what the, the expression is that most people he, he's forgotten more about Dynasty baseball than most people will ever know so you know it was just a really it was just a really good experience it was super fun uh, if you just want to like read off the list of names we'll just assume that they're all really nice people for everyone else who's there and then we'll move on with the oh. show. Are you no, good? I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got it. Uh, I'd love to read off of the names of my players. That that would be fun. Um, maybe that's a Twitter thing where you just write them down and show them. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we got a half hour. Uh, I can skip some of the the not great questions, and then we could. Ian could read his team. We can get through all this. Let's all right. let's keep it yeah, moving. Let's get through all this. If there's time at the end, we can do it. But otherwise, meh. All right, all right let's yeah. keep going. Uh, here's a fun one for you. I need you to rank these three things. DVR, you go first. Uh, in, in order of preference of them happening to you. Either you begin each day with 38% cell phone battery and you can't charge it. Uh, you get auto-picked two rounds and then get to pick one, and that rhythm stays the same all draft. So two auto-picks and then you get to make your pick. Two auto-picks, you get to make your pick. Um, or you have to be commissioner for every single fantasy league you ever participate in for the rest of your life. Okay, uh, and this this cell phone battery thing, is this for forever or is this for like a year or for baseball season? Like how long does that last? Uh, I don't know. I had originally thought of it as infinity. Okay, um, well, that's uh, 
That's a. But I mean, all right, let, you know what? Three years for the next three years. How about that? <laughs> it's long, so brutal. That's long enough to to make it terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I, the the least terrible thing of all of this is being the commish of every fantasy league I ever participate in. Because if I had to, I could pare down a few leagues. But man, that's commish is a thankless job. Like I I, I commish a keeper league that Ian plays in, and it's it, part of it's extra legwork on my on my end because of the way it's structured. But. Yeah, because it's stupid how it's structured. Well, it's it, yeah. way too much work. But it, once it's already, with the problem with a keeper league like that is once it's already built, it's really hard to change the structure of it <laughs> unless you do it a year in advance or multiple years in advance. So I'm kind of stuck with that for now. So anyway, I'll be the commissioner of every fantasy league I ever participate in for the rest of my life before I, I begin every day with a 38% cell phone battery and can't charge it, mostly because I feel like there's too many times where I actually need the phone, like not for scrolling Twitter, but gps and just stupid things that drain the battery so that would be a really big headache and the worst thing of all here though is auto pick two rounds and only getting to choose one at that point you're not even playing anymore like that that's that's the worst for me so uh so b is the worst a is the second worst and and c is the least terrible of those three options (laughs) ian how about you okay i have one question are we allowed to set our cue on the auto. Oh uh, no, no, I'm, no. But you know what? I will give you this. Um, yeah. Like Luis Severino won't be in there. How about that? Got it. Like it's, so it's not like the guys who are injured. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Let me say this: thirty-eight percent cell phone battery would be ver- terrible. That would drive me crazy. I don't like that. So that's the worst. The second worst is the two rounds and get to pick one. I don't like that either. But the least worst by far to me is that I get to that I get to even how I put it. I get to be the commissioner. Here's why I like doing that. Because if someone's being a punk, I'm the commissioner. I'm going to tell you you're being a punk. And if you don't behave better, you're not in the league anymore. So I don't mind that position of power at all. You're crazy. Because I don't you're, like you're when people are punks. Person. You're the what? Warren G of commissioners. Yeah, you are an insane person, man. No, 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 no. I say hey, look, this with love. It, yeah, but no, that you're asking. Me being commissioner, I tend to find myself to either be commissioner or co-commissioner in most of the leagues that I'm in. And and part of the reason is I want to see it run well. So I do not mind that. And I, probably what I would do is I would probably pare down my legs a little bit too. Right. You know, like, yeah, like, uh, he, like... We should be doing Derek that said. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I really should, man. But where? What? I know. You know, it's like, what am I going right, to drop? I almost oh, quit every dynasty. Fun. I almost quit two of my dynasty leagues like a week ago. Uh, Cause I was just like, it's just too much. And they're both like in, they're both, you know, last year won the championship in one. And the other one I came is the one with Cushing. I came in second. I was almost just like, you know what? I'm just going to hand this over to somebody who is going to be like, yo, have fun. But then I was like, nah, you know, I built this, these teams and you know, Cushing kind of talked me out of it. He was like, no, you can't, you can't quit. What do you mean? So <laughs> is that what he sounds like? Cushing voice. I guess yeah, I'll know. I'll, I'll know next week. You're, you're I've, talk, next I've week. talked to him before, but I just don't remember what his voice sounded like. Just, just be clear. When we get to GDD, all three of us are in this league now. The dude's a monster. No, that, that that's been made very clear. Are we going to sit next to each other and be friends? Or are we going to sit as scattered from each other as possible? The three of us? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, we can sit. Together. I mean, Nando is always. I'm always on the other side of the room. I'm always with. I've been sitting in the same spot for the last few years. Nando sits in the same spot. He's next to Colton and the Wolfman, and I'm next to Ronis and uh, and some other and Scott Gilroy. Doesn't hey, we got a new venue this year though? It's a U-shaped table. Yeah, it's all new. I'll sit next to you, DVR. Well, you can drink DVR. 
All, all I can drink. Okay. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think, yeah, 40 bucks all you can drink. Oh, shoot. That's what it was God. for football. You Damn. can you can have the the extra one, drinks I don't drink, Nando. Those, are, those are for you. That's my gift to you. Well, no, the next day we actually we got our big athletic fantasy meeting. The next day, so. right? We got a huge meeting, and I've got I got a whole bunch of stuff going on Friday. So, uh, if someone wants to drink like a fish uh, on on my behalf, I would happily pass those drinks over. Okay, let's get back on track. Uh, Ian, rank these three pitchers for a dynasty league in a league you aren't going to compete in this year. This is your rebuilding year. Maybe say you get the next two Love years it. of rebuilding. Uh, Luis Severino, Mike mm-hmm. Clevenger, Trevor yep. Bauer. For me, it would be, uh, typically I would go with the healthy guy first, but I just trust Clevenger more, and I think that his problem is going to be fixable. And if I'm in a dynasty league and I'm not competing, what I'm looking to do is move him. So in July, Trevor Bauer, if he has a bad start, is almost going to be useless. Mike Clevenger is just a really good pitcher. And once he gets healthy, he'll be valuable to move in a trade. So for me, it would clearly be Clevenger, then Bauer, and then a long way down. Because Luis Severino is in that spot now. We've talked about this on the show. Do not try to trade for Luis Severino right now. The other owner is going to get annoyed. They don't want to sell him right now. But in nine months... They will want to sell him. So if you want Severino on your team, be patient. I like that. DVR? Same order for me. Same line of thinking. Just maxing out trade value. I think I'd get more for Clevenger than Bauer. And I think right now Severino is just in that unfortunate spot with the injury where even though he might be fine, once he eventually comes back, uh, I'd like to have the option to make my team better with a trade. And he just doesn't really offer that right now. All right, DVR, let me flip it then. Rank these prospects in a deep dynasty league in which you will be competing this year. Uh, so this is more of a question of who's going to have stats this year, I guess. Uh, Joe Adele, Nate Pearson, Brendan Rodgers. How would you like to? How would you order them in terms of guys you want in a dynasty league where you're going to be competing this year? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think if, if Rodgers were completely healthy, he'd be first. But I'm going to put Adele ahead of <sighs> Rodgers and Rodgers ahead of Pearson. Uh, I think with Adele, because they didn't trade for Jock Peterson... <sighs> He's oh got God. a better path. Like he has to beat Brian Goodwin out for a job, but he can be a do everything kind of player. That's a huge impact sort of addition to get early in the season. They might have to wait that long to bring him up if he hits the ground running at AAA, even though he struggled there last year. Brendan Rodgers, you have to figure out where they're going to play him. You know, they still have Ryan McMahon, they still have Garrett Hampson, they have Rodgers coming off the injury. Trevor Story's locked in at shortstop. The outfield's pretty crowded, so things get kind of messy there. And with Nate Pearson, I think people are sleeping on him a little bit for his 2020 value because the Jays quietly made some moves to bolster their rotation depth. They spent some money on Hinge and Ryu. They've got six or seven potentially above average regulars in that lineup with the bat just in terms of WRC+. And Pearson might be the kind of guy that gives them a big lift every fifth day because he's got great stuff. So even though he's last in these rankings it's probably because i expect him to play the least in the big leagues of these three but i think they can all make an impact ian you were moaning pretty yes. audibly there i don't know if yes. you like to jump in at all <laughs> it's not every day that i go what are you talking about how is brendan rogers even in the conversation here how is oh, joe oh, really interesting oh, no, no 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 what i mean is being he can be in this conversation of the top three but how could he be in the conversation of being number one or number two he is a clear number three for me there is no doubt it is joe adele number one because joe adele you could trade him for uh, Max Scherzer plus right now, easily. Nate Pearson for me, number two. Brendan Rodgers is a disappointment. I remember back in the year 
Swanson and Rogers came out. It was a big question. Who are you going to take, Rogers or Swanson? And I was like, I ain't touching. I saw an interview with Rogers, and I went, I'm not touching Rogers with ten football. I'm not. I don't believe in this kid. I just don't. I end up trading out of the spot because I didn't particularly like either of them. Um, but Nate Pearson, I'm I'm really high on Joe Adele. So I would go with the order that you have here: Joe Adele, Joe Adele, Nate Pearson, and then Brendan Rogers. I could well, be me, wrong, but that's how I feel. Let me flip the question. Let's say it's a redraft league. What's your order then? Single season, same. no dynasty element to it. Same, 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 same. Right. Okay. Same for uh, me. Next one. Uh, DVR, I want you to take this one. Uh, you have to officially <laughs> change your name tomorrow. Rank these three choices. Uh, Rex Kensington, Vic Brenner, or Marty Decker? Wow. Uh, great choices, Nando. Thanks Thank for you. giving me a lot of good options for my name change. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Vic Brenner as my ah. first choice. I'm going to go Rex Kensington for my second choice. <laughs> And Marty Decker, Decker's not a bad last name, but man, I'm really Best. glad my first name's not Marty. Like, that's, that's the killer there is like, oh, okay, Decker, that's not bad. Marty? Like, I'm not Canadian. I can't get away with that. So, uh, Vic Brenner, Rhett Kensington, Marty Decker is my order. And I'd like to say goodbye to all of our listeners named Marty. Uh, thanks for joining <laughs> us for the short run that we had. It's uh, been fun, Ian. Marty's. Ian, how about you? Uh, this is funny, man. Thank this you. is uh, this is an IMDb uh, special right here. That these is. Are three, these, these, go ahead. Are, these are three characters that I have played in movies or television. I am very clear on two of them. I do not remember <laughs> where the hell I was. Rex Kensington. I have a feeling it was something relatively recently in the last couple of years, um, but it wasn't. It, it, it. All right. So without. I really don't remember when you played a certain guy. Not Rex Kensington. I think I was just a guest star on a TV show. I did a couple of days and, you know, Rex Kensington. What a punk. Um, okay, without <laughs> question. Man. Rex Kensington's so Vic, a knucklehead. Yeah, after next week I'll, I'll figure out who Rex Kensington was. I have a feeling it was like elementary or it was something like that. Um, Vic Brenner was a movie I did called The Box years ago. Um, where I played like uh, it was with Cameron Diaz and Frank Langella. And I was like, you know, the best. Was that movie where you hit, you hit the button and someone dies, right? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was. A, I, I remember reading that script and thinking it was phenomenal. And you know, it was from the guy who directed and wrote and directed Do, uh, Donnie Darko. So, it, but it, the movie didn't quite land, I think. But the by, by far, my the answer to this is Marty Decker because Marty Decker was my character on a TV show I did where uh, in two thousand all the way back called Bull about the stock market, and it was a show with. Uh, uh, Stanley Tucci, Georgia Newburn, Malik Yoba, myself, and some other wonderful people. And I was Marty Decker, and he was the man. I love me, Marty Decker. I still love me, Marty. That Marty Decker and George Washington, those are probably my two favorite characters I ever played on TV. So Marty Decker, one, Vic Brenner, two, and Rex Kensington is barely on the board of three. Rex Kensington, that was your other bull. Oh, was That's it? The one that, oh, uh, that, right. Yeah, made you, gave you the bull double there, man. Oh, bull, right. Okay, so yeah, I was playing this really... Actually, it, was, it ended up being a good episode. I played a dad... I played a really rich dude who, like, left his daughter at home. Like, you know, he was a widower. I don't know. It was, it was kind of strange, but it ended up working out really well. But still, Marty Decker, Vic Brenner, and then Rex Kensington. All right, moving along. Rank these players with some injury issues in order who you're most worried about versus least worried about. So we're looking for most worried. Tyler Glass now, Christian Yelich, Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, DVR, you take this one first. In terms of the worry scale, 
Give us the one you're most worried about, next worried about, and then least worried about. I think Tyler Glass now kind of runs away with it for me. Maybe it's because he's so young and so exciting, and it was an arm injury that slowed him down last year. So I'm definitely the most worried about him of these options. Tanaka probably comes in second. Yelich comes in third. The Brewers are close to an agreement with him on a long-term deal. I think the back injuries he's had the last couple of years, and then, of course, the fluky foul ball off the kneecap had people a little bit worried, but you wouldn't commit you know almost $200 million to a guy if you were really worried about that back being a problem that's going to flare up more than occasionally. So Glasnow one, Tanaka two, Yelich three in terms of how worried I am about their health. Ian, how about you? Same. Glass now for sure, number one. Uh, he's such a dominant pitcher. I love him watching him pitch so much, his extension. But, you know, he, he, he could be hurt in five minutes. I mean, he's got a glass jaw. See what I did? Uh. Glass now, he's got a glass. Terrible. Two, I would go with Tanaka because that, that UCL is still hanging by a thread, though uh, I do like him. And then Yelich third. So I'm, I'm kind of on the same page. Uh, w- w- let me go back. Two weeks. Um, let me go before the Severino, before the sale news. Did Glass now worry you guys any less? Like, is this just like, oh my God, Chris Sale, we knew he had issues, Tommy John. Severino, we knew he had issues, Tommy John. Like, who's the next guy last year who had issues? It was Tyler Glass now, missed some time with a bad elbow. Um, is that, did that exacerbate the worry a little bit? Not for me, no. I, I, I've, I've been kind of struggling to rank him appropriately coming out of last season just because I, I believe in the skills so much, but... That was a pretty long layoff with an arm injury uh, a season ago. So uh, maybe it, it went from a, an 8 to a 9 or something like that, but I was pretty worried about him really from the jump this draft season. Right. Yeah, I, me as well. I am worried about him. but and, and actually, I'm not getting him nearly as much as I would like because I, I have that little worry, so I'm not reaching for him. And you got to reach for him in this in this year because of his talent. But it does concern me, you know, if you're taking Glass now in your fifth round, which is where he's going, um, and he goes and it goes kablooey, then, you know, you're down. You're down. It's tough. So I'm going to take us off track for a second, but I've been thinking about this. and just, Like the Red Sox, there's just like you go up and down the roster resource page all the way into the minor leagues. And you obviously know the prospects of everyone and DVR you do too. Um, there's not really a guy you can be excited about if they don't make a trade. Like there's not like a guy that we can be like, Oh, this dude right here is going to be amazing. He's going to be the number four starter for the first month or so. Uh, Right. Am I wrong about that? Or like, is it, you know, like sometimes one of these guys goes down and you're like, Oh, Jordan Montgomery, boom, in the Yankees rotation. Um, There's not like that guy for the Red Sox. They're missing two spots now. So unless I make some trade or sign like one of these guys who's floating around, um, am I wrong thinking that? Or is there someone maybe we should keep an eye on if we see his name floating around a little bit? Dirk? I don't like anybody on that depth chart. I looked at it for Fantasy Baseball in 15 this morning. Al and I were talking about it, and there's not even like a reliever they could stretch out. They don't have like a Brad Peacock-type guy in the pen who you say, oh, he's been a reliever for a year, he's been a reliever for two years. Let's throw him in the rotation and see what happens. I I think they're in a terrible spot. Uh, The Yankees had Montgomery, like you said. It's a pretty big difference. I mean, even like Cleveland... Logan Allen might be the first guy up who doesn't have a spot. Yeah. Like there are so many interesting names on a lot of depth charts. It's amazing to me that that Boston really left themselves in this position. Ian, same thing. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I noticed and you were moaning. 
Yeah, no, no, no moan. But but I, I do want to say one thing because I had someone reach out to me on Twitter, sort of give me a hard time about the Astros and my rant last week and sort of like, hey, would you say the same thing if it were the Yankees? Just made me think of it because the Red Sox are, are mixed up in all this stuff. And I just want to say very clearly, if it comes out that the Yankees did any of the same stuff at, to the same level that the Astros did, certainly after um, – while Boone was the manager, I am going to fillet them even worse. And the reason for that is they're my team. I'm going to call them punk asses who have betrayed our all, all of us. So I, I just wanted to get that out because I was like, that's a very fair point. And there was the whispers about what Girardi was running in 2016, I think it was, or 17. Or no, 16, I think it was. But if, if anything evidence-wise comes out, I promise that every one of those players are going to get, especially like if Aaron Judge, I'm going to be rough on Judge for a second, for him to then go out and sort of take a little shot at Altuve, if he was indeed doing it too. Now, nothing indicates that. But if it did, I promise you, the rant is going to be worse. Just wanted to say that. You good? I'm good. <laughs> I mean, that that could be crushing for you. Having a, I mean, it's it's going to be worse than what you did to that poor duffel bag you paid a million dollars for. $800 for. <laughs> hey, I, maybe I'll bring that to the lunch. I'm not bringing it to GDD. That's a great idea. Yeah, bring it to I will. Lunch. I'll bring it. I'll bring it. I'll bring it. Well, so let me tell you this. And then we'll get back on track in a second. Um, we're going to have lunch. I'm working on getting us to a bar and getting it kind of semi-sponsored. So stay tuned on that. Sweet. We're just going to got a friend in the alcohol industry, and he's like, eh, maybe I can do it. You know, 300 bucks worth of drinks, a bunch of pitchers and stuff. Maybe I can do it. Love so it. So stay tuned. I love tuned. it. Uh, let's keep moving. Rank these. So we're going to go to a draft champions. Very deep draft. This can apply to anyone who has a deep draft. I think it's just ranking these three players, but I wanted to put them in a situation. So these are th- these three pitchers. Rank them in the order you draft them if you're in the 35th round of a draft champions league. So at that point, you know, roster construction is still a concern, but... Not so much. You're still just you're picking guys off who, who you think can break through. So 35th round of a draft champions league. Uh, DVR, rank these guys. John Duplantier, Trent Thornton, Davey Garcia. Right now on the 4th of March, how would you rank those three players? How would you take them in a draft champions league? Yeah, they're all probably in the queue around that time for me. So they're, they're in the same range. I've got Thornton first. I think he's got the clearest path to a more meaningful role. I like that he's me- he's been mess- messing with his pitch mix going back to the second half of last season a little bit. Saw some results once he made some changes. So Thornton comes out first. Garcia's second, I think, with the injuries the Yankees have been dealing with, you know, losing Severino for the season. That brings him one chair closer to contributing at the big league level. I think the gap between Thornton and Garcia in terms of opportunity is somewhat wide, but the skills gap would obviously favor Garcia. And Duplantier, I just don't know what he is role-wise there. They've got a pretty nice stable of healthy starters right now in Arizona, so it may be hard for him to find a role in the rotation. He might be one of those guys who's kind of stuck in between where he makes 35 appearances and five or six of them are starts this year. So Thornton 1, Garcia 2, and Duplantier 3 for me, even though they're all in my queue at that point. Ian, let's go around later, unless you have some big... No, I'm good. Okay, we're going to go around to the 36th round now. All those guys are gone now. Rank these three pitchers, Logan Allen, James Caprillion, and Cal Quantrill. I kind of like all three of these very, very much. Um, I would go Logan Allen 1, who I'm high on very much, Cal Quantrill 2, and then Caprillion 3. But I like all three of these, and in a way, I think I like them more than the three in the 35th. Oh, rank all six then. Let's do it. Uh, 
Well, see, now now I've put myself to it. Logan Allen 1. Quantrill 2. Davy Garcia 3. Duplantier 4. I'm not a Trent Thornton guy. He goes 5. James Caprillion 6. You know, I started warming to Caprillion over the last few weeks. Um, the more I read, you know, he, he came back last year and actually pitched really well. And Oakland is that weird team where, like, he could just pop up and get, like, the, the third starter's role and be amazing all year. That's, I it's agree. More, like, for him, it's like a situation. I know he's good. Everyone knows he's good. Back from Tommy John, whatever. But it's, for me, it's, yeah, it's that Oakland element where you just don't know. From, from April 1st to September 1st, that rotation could look completely different and be full of just surprising people, and he could be one of them. Yeah, I agree. DVR, when's Logan Allen's first start, and how many innings does he log this year? I think he could get up to like 130 or 140 in Cleveland. I mean, he, even if he doesn't have a spot to call his own right away, he's the first guy in when an injury strikes, and they've got plenty of health risk up and down that rotation. He'd be first on the list for me, too. Like If I were ranking both groups together, it'd be you know something like Allen, Thornton, Quantrill, Garcia, Caprillion, Duplantier would probably be my order. I, th- I really think Duplantier can get in that rotation. So do I. In a draft champions too. league, I mean, you're, you're stuck with all these guys for the whole year. So, you know, you got to be thinking like maybe Duplantier by all-star break is in the rotation. I kind of like him. I love I, it. I have for a while. I've been carrying him in one of my dynasty leagues for a long time. And I, I just something about him. I like I like the way he pitches. I like the way he speaks. He's smart. He's tough. He's He carries himself well. He's just somebody who, in a, in a way, he could be he could be the best of the bunch. Actually, he's a real Marty Decker. Yeah, <laughs> Marty Decker is the best. That's a fun <laughs> character, man. He was so cool. That was a good show, actually. I, I think part of it's it's on YouTube. I think somebody put like all twenty two episodes on YouTube. Let's go. Last question. Which one of these would you? Oh, wait a second. DVR's type and oh, okay, yeah, right. This is why. <laughs> last question. <laughs> Nando has five minutes. Thank you. I haven't seen Prim walk by yet, so uh, whatever. What would you rather have happen to you? A, people say, hey, that's the guy who played James Knox Polk. B, people say, hey, it's Vlad Sedler. Or C, people hold you responsible for not trading Chris Sale and or allowing intelligent poop commentary on the comment, <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, Ian, I'll go with you first. <laughs> Which would you rather have happen to you? James Knox Polk? Is that is uh, that's a George Washington reference? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting. Uh, I think I'll go with uh, the James Knox Polk. Uh, no, nah, I'll go with Sedler because that dude's good. He knows the game. He's a smart guy. Um, so I'll go with Sedler one, Polk two, and I definitely, definitely don't want to take. Uh, I don't. I'm not looking for the responsibility for not trading Cheers Sale. Um, oh, oh my bad. Intelligent <laughs> uh, pooping commentary on the podcast. You got me, in. You win. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I feel like DVR went in and changed Chris to cheers in the rundown. So. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I agree with Ian's rankings in this case. BAC for me. All right. We're good. Boom right. goes the dynamite. Ian, I know you have any more commentary you'd like to throw in. We got a couple minutes. Oh, you know what? I'll give my. Uh, I'll, I'll do a quick. We do have the moment. I will go in order of who I took in AL labor and Nando and Derek. You guys can go. That sucks. We want Trout, dollar values. Uh, Trout for forty three dollars. Giolito for twenty four dollars. This is five then, by five, right? Regular five by five AL only. Five by five AL only. Then Byron right. Buxton for twenty. Mitch Garver for 14, which I liked. Araldis Chapman for 21. Uh, Otani for 21. 
time out just real quick. Uh, DVR, do you want to go over under on Yankees on this team real quick, or do you want to? Do you know? No, I, I think I looked at it enough where right. I could cheat. So I'll no. say I'll say three and a half, and okay. I'll go over. Right. <laughs> you may be right, actually, because uh, <laughs> here's the next one: Is Miguel Andujar for nine? Oh, uh, you know that could turn out to be an excellent buy yeah, or a was, terrible uh, one. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Luke. Oh shoot, you're dead on right. <laughs> Luke Voigt for fourteen. Max Kepler for eighteen. Overpay on Max Kepler. Oh no, that's one of my favorite buys of the of the whole thing. Eighteen. See, but you Kepler. probably like him. I, I'm not a Max Kepler guy. I think you are. I would assume. It, 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 and actually, I thought Colette and I were going to be fighting it out for him like crazy and but he i kept waiting for him to dive in and afterwards i said what happened and jay was like i i didn't have the money i couldn't do it i i knew you were gonna take him and he was right um austin hayes for eight michael chavitz for 10 todd frazier for five aj puck for seven daniel vogelbach that's a great nine AJ yeah, i was puck. happy about that yeah. mitch hanniger for three nathan Eovaldi for six Angelton Simmons for nine, which I was a little disappointed by, but then Tristan was like, yeah, he's going to play every day. It's AL only. It's fine. Tanner Rourke for one. Homer Bailey for three. Um, and then, oh yeah, I had to be quiet for a while because I only had dollars and I kept getting bit bit up, which was no fun. Chad Pinder for a dollar. Martin Maldonado for a dollar. And then Daniel Norris for a dollar. So that is my AL only squad. And I'm pretty excited about it. I like it. DVR, what do you think? What, what is the, what did you, did someone, I guarantee you someone ran it through one of those things and said, oh, Ian, your team's going to finish fourth. Yeah, I didn't see the AL projections. I know Colton and Wolf definitely run those. Um, I thought it was a really well-balanced team. And, and picks like Simmons, you need a couple guys like that in mono yeah. leagues because he's probably a 14 or $15 player in a typical healthy season. He just accumulates. So to get him for nine is actually really nice. And and Hanniger for three that could end up paying off quite nicely. I think, you know, I gotta I gotta I'm gonna IL him, but we'll we'll put in a guy. It's it's really fascinating, man. The 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 only leagues it is was my first time really auctioning in one of those situations, and it was a it was great fun, really great fun. It's like you got to be ready, man. It's gonna be five hours of absolute focus. Oh man, I, I accidentally stumbled into the uh, CBS. Scott, you know, Scott White. I've known him forever. And uh, all of this stuff was going to my spam. And I'm like, what happened to this league that I was in last year? He's like, oh, yeah, we sent it out. Where have you been? So I'm like, oh, just sign me up for the next one. And the next one is this Friday, and it's a, it's an auction, 12-team auction. So the, it only? Start, starts at noon. No, it's mixed. But, I mean, it's still an auction as an auction, you know? So there goes my Friday afternoon. Yeah, it's going to take a while. Or, I mean, I'm excited to be in this draft on the Friday afternoon. Uh, anyway. Thank you all for joining us. We got to run so Prim can do her show. Um, look, if you if you if you like what you're hearing, just give us a, a quick little five star review. If you don't like it, give us one. I don't care, right? Like I think it's whatever. And give us a, and give us a review and give us a. Yeah, review. If you want to write a cool review, yeah, right. Maybe we should yeah, do a giveaway. Like if you mention the secret word in the review. Oh, we don't have a secret um, word, guys. We don't have a oh, secret yeah. word. We don't have that. Oh, I, I think it's got to be Marty. Marty. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Marty. <laughs> Hashtag, Hashtag Marty. Marty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's much appreciated if you review and, you know, it's not just us on the under radar day. It's everybody in the athletic fantasy baseball podcast family. So if you don't review us, you're hurting Al Melkier. Think about it like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the athletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast gets you 40% off. The draft kit is growing every day. Our aim is to have 200 articles, which makes us like two times the size of the next biggest draft kit out there. Um, so thanks for hanging. Hope you had a good time. 
For the man who doesn't remember, he was in the other bowl, Ian Khan. <laughs> See you next week, folks. For the man who's just going to change his bread designation every week, Derek Van Riper. It's fine as long as you toast it. I'm Nato Dofino. We hope you enjoyed this mini rankings show. Check out Levi's original column. It's actually really, really good and funny. We'll see you next week on the Under Radar edition of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast.